buck up, buck up, buck up, buck up, buck up, buck up. You know the deal. And we're live. Hey, Mama. <laughs> hey, Choo Choo. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I hear we're going to talk about Bitcoin energy use today. Yeah, we have kind of a, uh, a controversial topic on our plate for today. Okay, good. I thought maybe it was because you expended so much energy this past weekend uh, spinning your wheels no. on your bicycle. Is that, is that what inspired you to talk about energy today? <laughs> not quite, not quite. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't quite enough energy to make a Bitcoin? Nope. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, well, we'll keep pedaling, maybe eventually. Yeah, so... Um... I think a lot of the uh, the pushback on Bitcoin's energy use uh, comes through the media. Through is there is there is there pushback? Yeah. Why um, is that? Because, in my opinion, the the use of energy um, is very high. Um, it's a very competitive industry, and a lot of energy is expended, but. Uh, the Bitcoin network is very transparent about its use of energy. Okay, right? so you're talking about using energy to create a Bitcoin mining. Is that correct? Uh, yes and no. Uh, that is the, the reward for the miners creating a new block. And it is how Bitcoins enter existence but it's also how the network moves forward in time oh so just all transactions is that what you're saying yes all transactions need to be mined and the miners need to expend energy to produce the next block okay so it's it's transactional and i guess sort of the creation of so it's both both things is that right Am I following? Okay. Okay. So what kind of, okay. So what's the pushback? The pushback is that the energy use is very transparent and it's a large amount. And some people's opinion is that it's a waste or it's too high. And today we're going to dive into that topic and try and debunk uh, these opinions well i mean energy use is a pretty hot topic and also doesn't it create a lot of heat and climate change is a a very big topic and certainly something i care a lot about yeah i mean the 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 heat that the mining rigs produce is not what people have an issue with oh it's not no it's the amount of energy that is required to run the machines. Okay, all right. So what kind of energy does it use? So um, we'll get into that, but Bitcoin uses um, cheap grid energy from you know municipalities and energy producers that have excess. Bitcoin uses um, hydroelectric and geothermal energy where 
the demand can't meet the supply of uh, the energy generator in its immediate area. Really? Mm -hmm. Huh. So what'd you say, hydroelectric and? Geothermal. Geothermal. It uses. This is where they use it, where there's a surplus? Yeah. Oh. Okay, explain more. Okay. Um, so e energy is very difficult to uh, store and energy is very difficult to transport. So if you don't have the demand to meet the supply of energy being produced at an energy source, that energy is essentially just wasted. No idea about that. Yeah. Okay, so where, where are some of these locations? All over the world. Huh. And those become like Bitcoin centers? That's where people gravitate toward Bitcoin miners or Bitcoin, I guess, uh, how to transaction, who are the people that, that make the transactions happen? The miners. The miners. You know, take all the transactions that are happening by the users and they extend the blockchain by including those transactions in a block. Right. Okay, so they gravitate toward places that have surpluses of geothermal and hydroelectric energy? A any type of energy. You asked me any what type of, excuse me, energy sources Bitcoin uses, and uh, I was responding by the different types of energy it does consume. And one other form is um, at oil wells that are not, um, connected to um, distribution centers or places where it can be used, um, you know, a lot of times um, the fracking for oil is still profitable, but the natural gas that those wells produce um, is not economical to move or sell or use. So, so doing mining near fracking? So what these oil producers do is either they vent it, which means they just release this gas into the air, which is the most harmful for the ozone, or they will flare it, which means they light it on fire and then release it into the atmosphere. And both are extremely... Uh, uh, greenhouse negative. They're extreme greenhouse gases that deplete the ozone faster than when that energy or natural gas is combusted in an engine. So what these miners are doing is going to oil sites where they have that sort of issue and plugging in mining rigs and running the natural gas through a generator uh, to use the energy rather than just simply releasing it into the atmosphere. Oh, that's amazing. That sounds like, that sounds pretty productive. Yeah. But then it does, it, does it create something 
that's less harmful for the environment? Yeah, much. Much less harmful. I think it's up to like 30 to 50 times less harmful. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. I've got the beginnings of the understanding on that topic. <laughs> All right. What else are we going to say about this? So first, we gotta we got to defend uh, the oil and gas industry a little bit here. Um, despite I have a, I have a quote from our from our friend Steve Barber who runs a company who who mines Bitcoin at oil sites, and he says. Okay. Despite the feel-good narratives to the contrary, fossil fuels are the basis of modern human civilization now and for the foreseeable future. It's time we all accept that and focus on how to make better use of our limited resources. Okay. So what what he's explaining here is, um, you know, energy is a very uh, cool commodity to analyze because you can boil it down to the energy output that your energy is producing and the cost to produce it. Okay. Right, so currently fossil fuels are the most efficient way to produce energy. You know, there is a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Externality of, you know, CO2 emissions. But um, I I think oil and gas get a bad rap from uh, society because of the issues we're seeing. But that energy or energetic uh, efficiency cannot be replicated by alternative methods. So oh, we've just become so dependent on it, but <laughs> but I mean, let's face it. I mean, uh, you know, our carbon footprint is where we haven't been taking good care of our Earth. That is true, but I, I, I think the the problem of oil and gas use is a little bit overstated in that equation. So what are our, our, what are our alternatives? Are you asking me or are you just? I'm asking you. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess something like, you know, that myself and probably our viewers, our listeners can relate to would be like electric cars as opposed to uh, cars that run on oil and gas. So electric cars are charged by electricity, Mm -hmm. right? And stored in a battery, but that electricity is still being produced by oil and gas mostly. Yeah. Sounds like we're going to have to go back to that bicycle analogy and get on (laughs) that bike. (laughs) And the the same thing. These are legs. And the same thing with solar the same thing with wind energy. I mean, a solar panel takes a tremendous amount of oil and gas to make. To make the, the actual panel? Because the energy density of oil and gas is much higher than the solar panel, right? You're losing some efficiency in that process. 
In addition, once the solar panel is no longer functional, you know, you have a piece of trash you got to get rid of, which right. takes even more energy to do. That's a problem too. So I just, you know, they're, they're, I, I'm not an energy industry expert. I just wanted to bring to light that there are, you know, costs to each method that are both seen and unseen. And I, I think society as a whole has done um, a, a, a kind of a lazy job of taking a good hard look of how to uh, fix uh, this situation because, you know, I don't think solar panels and wind turbines and dams, I mean, we, we, we cannot... Uh, provide the amount of energy to the world necessary in an efficient way to serve that demand. Mm. And, you know, to add on to that, I mean, the, the, the use of energy has single-handedly contributed uh, kind of the most to human prosperity in the history of the world. Right. People aren't really willing to give that up. I mean, we're worried about climate change, but you know, <laughs> what's going to give? Yeah. It's, it's a difficult, um, you know, very complicated equation that uh, we're, we're, we're going to have to figure out. And you know, my opinion is that Bitcoin is on the helping side of that equation rather than the hurting side of that equation. And the I, reason for that, I never, I never would have guessed. <laughs> the reason for that is because we don't have any efficient ways of storing or transporting energy. So what right. Bitcoin does is it provides a 24 hour, seven day a week uh, market for energy producers to sell excess energy to by mining Bitcoin. Huh. I mean, this was never the intent of Bitcoin. It's sort of a byproduct of it, right? Yeah, I think that is an accurate statement. Right? The, de the developers probably weren't really, were they thinking about energy when they were developing Bitcoin? So... Bitcoin uses a prototype called Hashcash as its proof of work, which is the mining algorithm that these miners have to... Hashcash? Hashcash. Hashcash. Is um, the algorithm that these miners have to satisfy in order to create a new block. And Hashcash was originally invented as an anti-spam mechanism for email. So email spammers. What's the connection there? So email spammers could just send millions of emails to everybody uh, throughout the world, having no cost associated to it. And by adding uh, this proof of work, you had to expend at least a little bit of energy, which would be costly to send this email. And hence 
it became adopted by the Bitcoin developer? Yeah, so Satoshi, the order? Satoshi uh-huh. saw uh, this mechanism and recognized that he could use it along with the protocol rules to both um, convert energy into tra- transaction finality and guarantee the issuance schedule of the system. Transaction finality. That's the completion of each and every transaction. So Bitcoin's funny in the sense that uh, in one way, uh, there is no transaction finality in Bitcoin. Oh. But um, the, the game theory and the way Bitcoin blocks build on each other, there's not really an incentive once uh, you know, enough blocks have built on top of each other to go back and rebuild all of that work. So transactions in the Bitcoin network that are, you know, older have more security than the newest transactions in the newest block. Security in what way? In the sense that it can't be like rolled back by a miner who finds a different block from you know the blockchain that you think is valid okay i think you're losing me a little bit in there but okay let's just keep going (laughs) (laughs) anyway i i've got let's see if i so so the last or episode five we talked about um miners being in a race to roll yahtzee right right one of the one of the dice, one of the pieces of that roll is the current transactions. Another piece of that roll is the transactions and the block, uh, you know, the, the previous block. They, they build on top of each other and the information right. from the blocks all build on top of each other. Okay. So probabilistically, you know, because you're in a race, it doesn't make sense to go back and rewrite past blocks because it uh, reduces your chance of finding the next valid block. So it, it wants to just move forward. Correct. Okay. All right. I got that much. <laughs> okay. Um, so it can use all of these different kinds of energy. It can use electric the geothermal, the gas, the the, the solar, of, wind. It the can use any type of energy. Yeah, the beauty of Bitcoin is you plug a computer into an energy source and you're mining Bitcoin. Right. So is it a special kind of computer or just... Yes, it's a, it's a very special type of computer. And we'll get into how mining works in a in a later episode. Okay. But, um, yes. Okay. So it's back special, to the energy use. It's a special type of computer. Okay. Back to the energy use. Okay. So how, how do the so does a miner go to 
somebody who's producing energy and, and make a proposal to use their excess? That's exactly how it works. Oh. Whether, you know, it's uh, the Chinese government uh, in China has created these huge, uh, these huge dams that have a ton of electrical output, but they don't have the demand to use all of that energy. So mm -hmm. you hear a lot about um, China, you know, Chinese miners having a significant portion of uh, the Bitcoin network and the mining hash rate. And the reason for that is because China has produced uh, way too much energy uh, that they can't use. So Bitcoin will go to wherever uh, energy is most abundant. Huh. But what about the heat output? Is that not... It, it's a very... An issue? It's a very minor... Uh, Sorry, insignificant portion of the energy equation. The energy usage. I mean, it's a it's a bigger issue in places like Texas. Uh, miners are having a difficult time figuring out how to cool their machines in Texas, but it's not uh, nearly as big of an issue, say, in North Dakota, where um, you know these oil fields are usually out in the cold, and mining rigs can stay cool when they're mining Bitcoin. Right. And then also somewhere like Iceland, right? We've, we've touched on that a little bit. Correct. And okay. I, I have a quote here, or okay. a series of quotes from Nick Carter, who is one of my favorite thinkers on Bitcoin. And this is uh, in relation to uh, Bitcoin mining in China. So it's a Sichuan, second only in the hash power rankings to Xinjiang, is a province characterized by a massive overbuild of hydroelectric power in the last decade. Sichuan's installed hydro capacity is double what its power grid can support, leading to lots of curtailment or waste. Dams can only store so much potential energy in the form of water before they must let it out. It's an open secret that this otherwise wasted energy has been put to use mining Bitcoin. If your local energy cost is effectively zero, but you cannot sell your energy anywhere, the existence of a global buyer for energy is a godsend. That's so kind of interesting. He, he goes on to say, imagine a topographic map of the world, but with local electricity costs as the variable determining the peaks and troughs. Adding Bitcoin to the mix is like pouring a glass of water over the 3D map. It settles in the troughs, smoothing them out. As Bitcoin is a global buyer of energy at a fixed price, it makes sense for miners with very cheap energy to sell some to the protocol. This is why so many oil miners whose business results and the production of lots of waste methane have developed an enthusiasm for mining Bitcoin. From a climate perspective, this is actually a net positive. Bitcoin thrives on the margins where energy is lost or curtailed. This is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> 
No, I mean it. Yeah. It is absolutely fascinating. And I mean, as you explained it, it's understandable, but it's uh, coming into this, it's completely counterintuitive. Yeah. I mean, none of this information you would just readily settle upon. No, I certainly wouldn't. While analyzing Bitcoin, you know, on a, you know, on a surface level. Yeah. So it's actually a positive uh, in terms of our energy use and energy output. My opinion is yes, but let's assume uh, that it is bad for the environment, right? Let's just take the other side. Okay. Well, I have a question for you. Oh, gosh. I won't know the answer. You know that. (laughs) Okay, let's give it a try. (laughs) Who gets to decide how energy is used? I have no idea. Right? I mean, (laughs) we, we criticize Bitcoin's energy use because it's transparent. But how often are we going and analyzing the energy use of a bank or the financial system as a whole, right? You'd have to factor in driving to and from work, the hours being worked by the employees, the the construction costs of the building. The, it's all kind of free market, isn't it? Well, that's that's the that's the point I'm getting at. Is it's all free market? And I have some some supporting quotes here that'll that'll help with that. Okay. Um, this is also from Nick Carter. He says and now who Nick who? Carter. Carter. And who is he? He is uh, a VC of Castle Island Ventures and he is the uh he started a, a an on-chain analytics company um, called Coinmetrics. Okay. This is now, despite all the caveats listed above, it's undeniable that Bitcoin not only consumes a lot of energy, but produces externalities in the form of CO2 emissions. This is not under debate. What Bitcoiners are often confronted about is whether Bitcoin has a legitimate claim on any of society's resources. This question relies on a kind of utilitarian logic about which industries should be entitled to consume energy. In practice, no one actually reasons like this. The Bitcoin energy supplicants are mum when it comes to the energy used to illuminate Christmas lights or to power the data centers behind Netflix or to distribute untold millions of single serve meal kits. It's clear that because Bitcoin's footprint is so easy to quantify, and an object of revulsion among the chattering classes, it is singled out for special treatment. Hmm. So in your opinion, they're no worse than any other business. That's correct. Huh. And who decides what is worse and what is better? I don't know. Like you said, it's all free market competition over scarce resources. I mean, the automobile industry is always being analyzed that way. Yeah, I, I, I have the, the continuation of this quote, I think, is, oh, uh, is valuable in clearing that up. 
Okay. Ultimately, it's just a matter of opinion as to whether the existence of a non-state synthetic monetary commodity is a good idea. The truth is that block space is a service which is paid for, and that's where its resource cost is derived. Something duly purchased cannot, by definition, be a waste. Its buyer derives benefit from its existence, regardless of anyone else's subjective opinion of the merit of the transaction. These same arguments have been made countless times about perceived costs of the gold standard and rebutted on similar grounds before. Fundamentally, millions of individuals the world over still value physical bank independent savings, so it still gets pulled out of the ground with regularity. As long as people value Bitcoin, so too will the block space auction continue in perpetuity. Can you paraphrase that, that, that paragraph? Sure. He's saying people see value in Bitcoin. Because of that value, they will pay to transact in Bitcoin. And because they're paying to transact in Bitcoin, um, energy will be used to mine blocks. I, I mean, I guess it's all okay if it's not using excessive energy. I mean, I don't know how we define excessive. That's the problem here. Um, I think I'm making the point that there's no such thing. Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. I mean, I'm just so shocked by this. You know, I mean, just to tell our audience... It's not like we rehearse this, you know, we, we kind of come up with a topic and not, I'm not necessarily knowledgeable in it before we start talking. Actually, not all of them. Am I not necessarily, I'm not knowledgeable in it before we start talking. I mean, it's just basic. Uh, I have common knowledge just like any other, you know, Bitcoin mom or dad or, you know, person who's kind of somewhat new to Bitcoin. Well, that's the whole premise of this podcast is to touch on subjects um, related to or around Bitcoin that are difficult to explain. And I do my best to, um, you know, kind of. Well, I mean, frankly, I think you do a great job of explaining it. And, you know, I kind of came to this uh, today's episode with a pretty negative attitude because I care very deeply about climate change and I believe very deeply in climate change. I mean, uh, you know, back to our bicycles, uh, we rode our bicycles out to the bay this weekend and, you know, I see the sea level rising every time we go. So, uh, you know, I really kind of thought I'd have a negative attitude towards today's episode, and and I'm finding this quite fascinating. I must I, say, I, I think a lot of people share your opinion, and um, one of the one of the goals of this episode was to just take a step back and try and explain how these issues um, are relevant, but uh, the solutions to these issues are not always as obvious as. Um, you know, just put more electric cars on the road or 
ban fossil fuels or ban fracking. I mean, you know, we, we, we have to look at this in a realistic uh, sense. And, um, you know, this is a, a difficult um, predicament that we're in, that we're going to have to find efficient, uh, sensical ways out of. Yeah, yeah, we most certainly do. I mean, you know, and not a whole lot of us are willing to give up civilization as we know it, um, which is part of that whole energy use problem. I mean, you know, it's also created a tremendous amount of wealth in the world. Right? It, it's, it's hard to look at the downside without uh, at least contemplating you know, the benefits that we've seen of this, you know, usage. Yeah. So it's, it's rather interesting, I must say. Um, <laughs> so do you think Satoshi is one person? Or do you think it's a conglomerate? I, my, I, my opinion is that Satoshi was one person. Wow. Who had some help but um yeah it's it's really fascinating how all of the pieces of the network come together and as we build you know a deeper understanding of each specific topic i think the the overall picture of bitcoin will become uh, more clear yeah yeah i mean i uh, i mean look we just ch- touched on how Bitcoin uses energy. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think any of us are supposed to be uh, engineers, but uh, I, I think you've done a really great job of explaining this very, very complicated topic. Cool. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here in a sec, but uh, I have a, <clears throat> a newspaper article from December 3rd, 1921. 1921? 1921. And it got published already? That's incredible. Okay. Here's the headline. Ford, as in Henry Ford, would Uh replace gold with energy currency and stop wars. Uh, That was the headline. uh, Say it, repeat it. Ford would replace gold with energy currency and stop wars. Oh. Was the headline. Okay. How does it stop wars? So here's a quote from that article. Okay. The essential evil of gold in its relation to war is the fact that it can be controlled. Break the control and you stop war. And the simple way to break the control of these international bankers the way to end their exploitation of humanity forever is to remove gold as a basis for the currency of the world. Mm. And interestingly enough, he got his wish, but unfortunately um, it went the wrong way, right? We got off the gold standard. Well, first world war two happened and all the gold plundering happened. Uh, And then you know, the Bretton Woods system was created at the end of World War II, uh, putting the, the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency 
uh, and then ultimately um, breaking its peg to gold. So now uh, we've put even more control into the hands of international bankers rather than less. But um, I think Henry Ford had the right idea uh, with this sentiment. And I think Bitcoin um, is, is the implementation of an energy currency that he was looking for. Maybe you're right. I don't know. And with that, we'll wrap it. Okay. Thanks, Chess. I'll talk to you later. Okay, hon. Bye. Have a good day.